Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. You might have noticed, and if you haven't, that's okay, that we're not reading the book of Leviticus in this year's reading plan. This is because this year, we are only reading the historical narrative books of the Old Testament, which is a fancy way of saying we're only reading the books of the Bible or the books of the Old Testament that move the story forward. That said, we haven't included Leviticus in this year's reading plan, but don't fret, here's what you're missing. Leviticus takes place after the Israelites have been freed from slavery in Egypt. They'd been set apart, given the law, they damaged the covenant, that's the golden calf incident, and yet God still wanted his presence to live in the tabernacle amidst his people. However, Moses, Israel's leader, couldn't enter the tent of meeting. Unholy Moses couldn't stand in the presence of God. So the first verse of Leviticus reads, the Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. God was in the tent and Moses was not. And that is what the book of Leviticus is all about. The way to a holy God and the way to walk with a holy God, as we learned in the Watermark Institute. I'll say that again. The way to a holy God, part one, and the way to walk with a holy God, part two. In order to understand Leviticus, we have to understand that God is holy. He's set apart. In Israel, who is broken and unholy, seeks to live inside of God's holiness. And to do so, they've got to become holy themselves. As the Bible Project guys so wisely put it, the solution to this problem lies in the book of Leviticus. And in this book, we find instructions for rituals, priests, and purity. Rituals, priests, and purity. In chapters 1 through 7, we get the five main sacrifices the Israelites were to make. The grain and fellowship offerings were a way for Israel to say thank you to God, whereas the burnt purification and restitution sacrifices were a way for Israel to say, I'm sorry to God. They made payment for their sin. And these sacrifices were rituals. Additional rituals included the seven feasts the Israelites were to hold throughout the year. The seven feasts include Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, Pentecost, Trumpets, Atonement, and Booths. And each of these feasts, if you didn't notice, retold one part of the story of Exodus, how God freed Israel from Egypt. They'd remember how God had redeemed them. Now, in addition to the rituals in Leviticus, we learn a lot about priests. Priests represented the people to God and God to the people and their purification mattered greatly. The priests came from Moses and Aaron and his sons, Aaron's sons, as they were the first ones to be set apart for this service. In the middle of Leviticus, we see in chapter 10, what happens when unholy priests enter the presence of God. Two of Aaron's sons did this. They walked in and violated God's holiness. And again, as the Bible Project guys put it, they are consumed by God's holiness on the spot. It's a haunting reminder of the paradox of living in God's holy presence. It's pure goodness, but a danger to those who rebel and violate his presence, they conclude. Chapters 11 through 15 are about ritual purity, and chapters 18 through 20 are about the moral purity of the people. So what's the deal with all this purity talk? If the priests weren't pure or clean, they'd die on the spot. 
You see, in the Old Testament, people were pure or they were impure. If you're pure, you can be close to God. If you're impure, you can't. So impurity, it was associated with death. You touch a dead body or mold or ate the wrong food, impure. You come in contact with reproductive fluids, you're impure. You have a skin disease, you're impure. Ultimately, all of the things that caused impurity had some sort of association with the loss of life or mortality. This is also where we get the kosher laws. You could become impure by eating impure animals. But it wasn't wrong to be impure. They'd interact with these sorts of things all the time. The problem was when impurity walked into the presence of a pure God. Individuals would make sacrifices for these impurities or sins regularly. But people are really sinful, and God is the most holy. So once a year, the high priest would make a sacrifice, two goats, one for a purification offering, they'd kill it, and the other was symbolic. They'd quote-unquote put the sin on the goat and send it out into the wilderness to wander alone. Sin didn't belong in the camp with God. It was sent out. God's holy, pure. People are sinful and impure. But God made a way. Now, when it came to the moral purity of the Israelites, it's clear that God's design for this family was that they'd be set apart from the Canaanites through their behaviors and way of life. They'd care for the poor, walk with integrity, encourage and live by God's design behind sexual intimacy. And God's family was to advocate for justice. That's, in short, what moral purity looked like, advocating for justice and advocating for God's design. Which makes the scapegoat situation super important because the Israelites weren't perfect. They would sin. They would compromise in the areas of moral purity. So Leviticus ends with Moses calling the people to be faithful. If they honor God's holiness, things will go well, their sin is covered, and God dwells with them. If not, well, that's kind of what the rest of the Old Testament shows us. Because Leviticus ends with God, through Moses, telling the people obedience will lead to peace and flourishing, whereas disobedience or unfaithfulness will lead to trials and ultimately exile. That's all we've got time for today. I'm looking forward to reading numbers with you. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.